we're back with another episode of Film Junkies with Griffin Friends. As always, I am Griffin Schroeder, and today, as promised, we finally have some female representation on the podcast. Uh, As I mentioned, I've been trying to have a female guest on who, uh, if you are close to me, you already know who it is, but regardless if you're some people who I've never met before who might listen to our podcast out there, this week... We're going to have my favorite person in the whole wide world, the love of my life, <laughs> the mother to my my fur children, <laughs> my dogs, and I don't have hairy children. Um, Cassidy Thompson, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. That was a great intro. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you could make time in your busy schedule to <laughs> come on the podcast. I know it was a long drive for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cassie's nervous. I am nervous. It's okay. It's better than the last interview we did together already. <laughs> I know. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I, at Western, I had a, a class project where I had to interview somebody about what they're studying in school and what they want to do with their career. And because of convenience, I chose Cassie, even though she didn't want to do it. And it was awful. And she's very nervous. <laughs> it wasn't awful, but she didn't give me much as far as the interview goes. She wasn't... She was. She was... Now that we found out, she changed her major after that, and so maybe that was the beginning of the end there. She wasn't confident enough to talk about that major. She knew she didn't really want to do that's it. That's a great theory. Maybe that's the, the reason. Well, that's why this will go better, because you already know that you love this movie, so yes, it'll be fine. very true. And this week, we are talking about what movie? The Edge of Seventeen. The 2016 box office smash hit film. One of my favorites. One of your favorites. One of our favorites together. Mm-hmm. Um, so as always, a quick plot summary for you about The Edge of Seventeen. Everyone knows that growing up is hard, and life is no easier for high school junior Nadine, who is already at peak awkwardness when her all-star older brother Darian starts dating her best friend Krista. All at once, Nadine feels more alone than ever, until an unexpected friendship with a thoughtful teen gives her a glimmer of hope that things just might not be so terrible after all. What do you think? Is that a good plot summary? That was great. Good. I I think already we've encapsulated this entire movie. We can wrap it up here. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. You can take a deep breath. Okay. So Edge of 17 is a film that is in the high school drama, teen angst, uh, puberty genre. Comedy. Comedy genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is rated R, which we found out. We talked about yesterday. We don't really like pay attention to ratings of movies anymore because there's not parents that are going to stop us from watching a movie at this point in their lives. So, um, looking at you, mom, kidsinmind.com ruined my childhood. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Just kidding. Uh, no. So this film is rated R, which I just, like I said, never had thought of before being a thing. Um, but as we did watch it yesterday, it definitely does quite a few swear words. Yeah, it did. But they were all artistically used. Okay. Not wasted. Yeah. It's not just a movie filled with swear words. Yeah, that's true. But, um, okay, so as far as ratings go, as always, I will give those to you. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 94%, which is great, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Not not all the way to 100, which you might give it. I don't know what you would give it, but... I haven't thought about it. Well, I'm not going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Uh, IMDb has it at 7.3 out of 10, and Metacritic, my favorite, has it at 77, which is good for Metacritic. Yeah. So... 
Um, this movie was written and directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. This was actually her directorial debut, so don't be surprised if you haven't heard of her before, because she actually hasn't done much other than this as far as directing goes uh, since it came out in 2016, a couple years ago now. Uh, her IMD page, IMDB page looks like she's got some things she's working on, but hasn't really come out with yet. Um, she's more on the writing side of things, but she wrote and directed this movie, and I think she did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked about how this movie didn't actually start as The Edge of Seventeen, that it was uh, actually an entirely different movie. The original script was titled what? Besties. Yeah. Which is so... I don't like that. No. I don't know. I mean, I probably still would have seen it, but... Yeah. Apparently, the original script was centered more on the comedic aspects, and then Nadine's friendship with Krista, rather than the friendship being one of the aspects affecting her life. So it was about Mm -hmm. them being together rather than apart. And the script didn't have Mr. Bruner, Nadine's teacher in it, which we'll talk about as one of her favorite characters. Nadine's full name was actually Nadine Hamidi Yosifa Rastami. Whoa. So maybe Kaylee Sandoval wouldn't have played her then. Yeah. Her mom's boyfriend was envisioned differently. He actually, like, was a part of the movie. Uh, There wasn't even a mention of her father's death. Uh, Nick was hot soccer Dan. Nick being the guy that she has a crush on in the film. Oh. And had around two lines of dialogue. Erwin was a flutist instead of an aspiring filmmaker, and it had a prom sequence at the end. And wow. Kelly Freeman Craig, the director, sent the original script uh, when it was titled Besties to James L. Brooks, uh, who is one of the producers of this movie, and he agreed to produce the movie, but in one of their first meetings together, he told Kelly that the most important thing you have to figure out is what you want to say about life in this story which is a piece of advice that would help her refocus the plot and add dramatic elements. Wow. And then change the name to Edge of Seventeen, which is the title of the Stevie Nicks song, like we talked about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a movie that we have a lot to talk about with. I just wanted to talk about the fact that's kind of a behind-the-scenes thing with movies where they don't always... Uh, start out the same way that they end as far as like the creative process behind them. So I thought that was really interesting. But um, we'll do the cast list like I always do. You want to talk about who stars in this movie, Cassie? Yes. Haley Steinfeld stars in this movie. She's the main character and I am a ginormous fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I started... How do people know her? Yeah. Oh, how? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say it started because I love her music because she's a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, she sings songs like Starving and Most Girls, and I can't think of another one. Other great songs. Yeah, other great songs, and she's amazing. Um, and so She's was, in the Pitch per- Perfect movie yeah. singing as well. Yeah, so it was really cool to see her in this role because she it was her movie, basically. She took over, and she did an amazing job. And you you talked about yesterday, like, your favorite part about her being in this is that she doesn't look like she normally does. Yeah, that was a really cool part of this movie because she is gorgeous. And right away, as soon as this movie starts, she, I mean, she's a cute, cute high schooler girl, but you can tell that she's dealing with puberty and she has this awful haircut that makes her look like Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I love that part. And she, like, looks up to the sky, she's like, like talking to the guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that was really cool of um, whoever's idea that was to make her look like that because it, it showed her as a teen struggling rather than like this beautiful person that mm-hmm. she, she is. 
Yeah, um, I actually have been a fan of Haley Steinfeld for a while. She actually started acting when she was eight years old, so that's like her longest venture, because obviously she's a musician now, um, but she's been acting longer than that. Um, and I first remembered her in uh, True Grit, which she was in when she was 14, um, the remake of that movie, which had Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon in it, and she actually got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Um, and then speaking of awards for Haley Steinfeld... She was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy when this film came out. So, props to her. Yeah, she did good, obviously. She did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also in the cast, we have Haley Lou Richardson as Krista. Um, She is more up and coming now. Um, I guess the the other film that we always reference that she was in is Split, Mm -hmm. which is the one with James McAvoy where... Uh, he has a bunch of different personalities, and she was one of the three girls that were like trapped in his yeah, house. got kidnapped by yeah. him. She's yeah. also great and beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a really good job in this movie. Yeah, so she, I think this movie kind of uh, was what she needed for her career because she's. Mm-hmm. I start to see her more stuff now, yeah, not so too. much previously. Uh, and then we have Blake Jenner as Darian, who is uh, Nadine's sister or Nadine's brother. Sorry. Uh, and he's been in a few other things as well. One random fun fact that I saw, uh, he's in a movie called Everybody Wants Some, uh, which is about college baseball players in the 70s, which I think is a great movie, and that film and this film are both movies he's in that are type- named after classic rock songs. Oh, that's funny. So it's just like a random thing that I, I read. But Also with him, though, he's a great actor, and I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in anything, and I think that needs to change. Yeah, he is definitely a great actor. Um, and definitely, like we'll talk about more, fits this role very oh, yeah. well. So, uh, And then as Mona, who is uh, Darian and Nadine's mother, we have Kira Sedwick, who uh, is a very famous actress. Um, most currently, she's in, I mean, she was in the show The Closer for a really long time, but most currently she's in uh, the TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, I know it! knew you were going to do that. You going to do that? Cool. All right. And then we have... Uh, Hayden Set- Seto as Irwin. I probably botched that last name, but it's S-Z-E-T-O. Yeah, if anyone wants to correct me on that, go ahead. Um, but Irwin, uh, we like to mention the actor is 11 years older than Haley Steinfeld, but he totally looks like he's in high school in this movie. So He looks 11 years younger than Haley. He, <laughs> he was actually the first person cast for this movie. Oh, which is interesting. that's cool. Mm-hmm. That makes his character like a lot more important, I feel like. Yeah. Knowing that. And then um, our final notable person in the cast list is none other than Woody Harrelson, who plays Mr. Bruner. Phenomenal job. Yeah, he does a very good job in this film, as he does with every other movie that he's ever in. Um, but that's what we want to talk about with him. I I guess I'll mention it now. One of the things that I think both of us kind of like pointed out to each other when we were getting ready for the episode was that Woody Harrelson actually improvised a lot of uh, his lines, like the quips and jokes that he had uh, while they were filming, which uh, Kelly Craig, the director and writer, she was like ecstatic about it because his character, he just like kind of made the character himself and definitely embodied like what you wish a cool high school teacher was like. I don't know if you ever had a high school teacher like that like yeah, him yeah, yeah I, I did too so yeah and it, he did such a good job because he's he's funny but he's sarcastic and like mm-hmm. she even tries Haley, well nadine in the movie tries to correct him in one of his like on his previous lecture or something and 
she was like, I just wanted to let you know that you said this wrong. And then he was like, have you ever taken a chance? What do you say? Have you ever... Have you ever, when you're zoning out and paying so much attention to the lectures, just thought about the fact, or thought about what it's like to have a life? Yeah. And, and then like... she just goes, nope. And she, like, walks away. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot so of those funny. moments where, like, she goes to him for comfort because she's struggling with a lot of things, and he's the only person that kind of gives her the time of day and makes her, like, actually feel like she's right for but also he like t- like takes her down so often too like kind of puts her in check like mm-hmm. like she tried to use the excuse that her dad died to not turn in a paper and it was two years after her dad died yeah. and he was like what's the date of death and she tells him and then he's like i have a year expiration yeah on excuses or something like that so then he was like you need to turn in your paper right yeah, I, I definitely think that their relationship is one of the most important ones in this movie. I agree. Um, obviously, we see with her best friend and with her brother, that's kind of a main part of the movie, but the person that's always kind of on her side is uh, her teacher there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the film starts, actually, where yep. she, we see her walking into class and then she sits down at his desk and just t- tells her teacher that she's going to kill herself and that um, she just wanted to let an adult know. And at that point, like, I got really bummed because I thought it was going to be a sad part, but then it quickly realized that he's hilarious, the teacher, and he just spins it. Mm-hmm. And it just turned into, like, she really wasn't going to do that. She's yeah. just looking for attention from him. Yeah, and that gives us our first introduction of her as a character where we see, like, the sarcastic, like, complaining teenager. And that goes to what I... One of my favorite parts about the movie, actually, that sets up her and her best friend's relationship is when they go back to when she's uh, seven or so, I think, seven, eight, seven or nine, one of those. Yeah, Yeah. she's in elementary school. And uh, we see her interact with her dad, who we know then later in the movie passes away and that's hard for her but um we see early on from a young age that her brother is this cool perfect guy and he gets you know she has a quote that says she's narrating it and said there are two types of people in the world the people who naturally excel at life and the people who hope all those people die in a big explosion (laughs) so she like quickly acknowledges the fact that her brother is one of those awesome people that excels in life and then um he or she establishes the fact that she kind of has a a struggling relationship with her mom and they bicker back and forth and they don't really understand each other but her dad was like her best friend and so then when he passes away in the movie it it really does show that like she feels alone uh and her family at least yeah real quick back to elementary school with nadine though um she didn't want to get out of the car in mm-hmm. one of these scenes and the mom was trying to get her out and it was like this big scene that's showing that her and her mom don't get along very well but her dad got out and bent down to her level and literally said kids can be mean but if you get a chance fart into their backpacks and yeah. it was just so cute because the Nadine, little nadine just like laughed and then ran off to school and it just showed that their relationship like daughter and father was just so real and important right and I, I think that that plays into kind of showing why she feels less confident, too. Because in the situations where she feels, um, like, worried or scared or doesn't want to do something, her dad would always, like, say something or do something to help her get through it. And then when he when he's not there anymore, it kind of 
is hard for her, and that's a main thing. Right, and that's a main Mm -hmm. thing in the movie, but she does have her best friend, who we get introduced to, where she describes him as a a young girl dressed as an elderly man, and (laughs) remember she's wearing that... Oh, Nadine described Krista as a... (laughs) Yeah, because she's this little girl wearing, like, this old man's sweater (laughs) and, like, baggy pants, and she's holding this little caterpillar, Um, and then it, it goes to, like, a montage of them growing closer together and showing that they really are best friends going through a lot of problems with their parents right and being there for each other all yeah this stuff. and then it cuts to uh present day where they're in high school now and they're still best friends um and then we you know get to see them interacting with each other and the fact that like when it's out when it's lunchtime they're only by themselves and after school they hang out together and it's just them and um darian the older brother has a pool party and he has all these friends over and it's just the two of them. Like it's often like you see and Darian comments on it. The fact that she only has one friend. One friend. Who's yeah. Krista. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's just because she's experienced a lot in her life and she's kind of like an introvert person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when she's, there's actually a scene when she's talking to, uh, her teacher, Mr. Browner, and she says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you the real reason I'm having lunch with you today. You see, I don't really have any friends at the moment. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not interested at all. My entire generation is a bunch of mouth breathers. They literally have a seizure. If you take their phone away for a second, they can't communicate without emojis. And they actually think that the world wants to know that they're eating a taco exclamation <laughs> point, smiley face, smiley face. Like we give a redacted bad word. Uh, <laughs> I am an old soul. I like old music and old movies and even old people. I have nothing in common with the people out there, and they have nothing in common with me. And that's like her spiel on herself. And then Mr. Bruner, as we mentioned, his character, he's like, Nadine? And she goes, Max? And he says, maybe nobody likes you. <laughs> like, Just like calls her out, like you said, on the fact that she's complaining about stuff. But like in that moment, though, she really does... like confide in him confide in him and say like i she's trying to find an explanation for why she doesn't get along with people her age Mm -hmm. and he's like hey maybe people just don't (laughs) like you obviously he's joking and and they do have a serious relationship it's not just like he is a you know is rude to her all the time she knows that like she knows him so that comment she just kind of like looked at him like whatever like she it's not she didn't take that to heart right yeah um so cassie what are um, some themes, I guess, in this movie that stuck out to you or, or reasons why you love it that you'd want to talk about? Um, well, I some reasons why I love it is I love high school dramas. Um, Specifically, high school musicals, <laughs> one through three. I know. Troy Bolton for life. <laughs> um, I do love high school musical. I just grew up with that. Griffin hates that about me, but it's fine. Whatever. I told you, I had the high school musical one soundtrack. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I yeah. knew every song. I probably but still But you lost your fan, fangirling uh, stages. I'm still in it. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I love Zac Efron still. Yeah, that's true. And Vanessa Hudgens is a good actress. Yeah. But other than that. But so I love high school dramas and I love like just finding a random movie on Netflix that has to do with high school dramas, no matter how cheesy they are. Typically watch them when Griffin's not around because he would probably cry. <laughs> the booth. Cringing cringiness if that's to right. all the boys i've loved before hey that was that's a great, a great movie great by the way. movie yeah. um another reason why i loved it is because Haley steinfeld's in it and that is uh just she's your jam that. yep i i love her so much um and then the sibling sibling and best friend drama kind of both of those things like 
I have siblings. I've been through all that drama. Luckily, none of my best friends have been dating my brother. Mm. Uh, that'd be kind of weird. But um, I just, I can relate on that aspect. And then also with friends and high school, just all of that stuff I can relate to. So I really liked that Hashtag part. relatable. Yeah, exactly. But so that's... Sorry, I said hashtag. I'm, I was drinking Starbucks coffee and I felt like I had to say that. So. Oh my God. No, yeah, I I get what you're saying, that there's a lot of stuff, like, you enjoy these types of films because usually, if they're not super cheesy, they're, like, relatable in some aspect. And I don't think this movie's cheesy at all. Like, if if anything, Haley Seinfeld's character, Nadine, like, calls out all that stuff that's usually in those movies and literally, like... Like, if she was in High School Musical, you would never see her. Because, like, every time someone would break out in a song, she'd just, like, leave the cafeteria. Because she's one of those people who doesn't want to be around that type of, like, ridiculous attention to yourself. That's a good point. Also, one more reason why I just love this is because it's inappropriate, but, like, not to the point where my mom wouldn't watch it. You know? Like... Yeah. Like, it's inappropriate. There's, like, some sexual stuff. There's a few swear words. All that kind of stuff. But, like, it's... You can handle it. And, yeah. like, I would advise this anybody to see this movie. I mean, considering I did an episode on Wolf of Wall Street, I, I don't <laughs> it's If we're comparing things, this is uh, this should be PG. I know, but, but I'm just saying, like, it is inappropriate, but it's my kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Because I it think doesn't make you just, like, feel accurate, nervous. just, really. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I think that it's based, it doesn't pull any punches as far as talking about these actual things like yeah it's not like high schoolers never say swear words yeah like that's true. it would be ridiculous to think that they don't um or that like people fall in love and nothing ever you know is bad in their lives like high school sucks for a lot of people yeah. and this is definitely a story that shows that side it's of real it. life issues like her dad dying best friend is in yeah. love with her brother i th- one of my things Ryan. that i love about it they don't even talk about college yeah, Every high school so mo- well, movie talks about college. Darian said that he can't apply to. Yeah, yeah, the one that's the one time, and yeah. that's one thing I want to talk about because that's like the best part of for his yeah. character in the whole movie, in my opinion. Right. Um. But like, other than that, usually it's like a, oh, my senior year is so hard, and my Applying best friend is going to leave gonna go? me. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't. I should I go with my boyfriend and Bob? Like all that stupid yeah. stuff. All the stuff that I love. Yeah. <laughs> that cheesy, gross stuff. Um. Yeah. No. That is not in this not movie. in this film yeah. they more so focus on the actual realness of like day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. rather than you know taking big jumps through time where a lot of them do like they this movie doesn't go through a whole school year Mm-mm. in one movie it's, it's like it's, two months maybe yeah um well aside from the time lapse from his dad passing oh, her dad passing yeah, away but right. like the majority of the film is in that one school year mm-hmm. um yeah so i wanted to talk about like we like i said it's kind of angsty and coming of age story and growing up in high school and all this um but the main thing that i relate to in this movie aside from the fact that i hated high school but um like the brother versus sister versus mom like relationship Mm -hmm. uh where there's a lot of stuff with nadine where she tries to or she feels like she's constantly being compared to her older brother because uh, as she mentions, he's just like this perfect guy who he's like a jock. He's in great yeah, shape. She explains he that sports. he got in, a, in an argument with their mom because she stopped buying him creatine. Yeah. Uh, because it was going to cause kidney failure. Yeah. And, um, 
they talk about how he's wearing a shirt that's so tight you can see his nipples and mm-hmm. like it's funny because they like pick fun at him because he is this kind of like jock dude that i would not want to be around um but he like is on his own too like he had mm-hmm. to but you don't w- realize that at first no you don't yeah at first he's just kind of this guy who like everything's going perfect. great for him like she every time that we see him it's like from nadine's perspective mm-hmm. and she's watching him usually by herself and wishing that he had some type of experience like hers which isn't perfect all the time Mm -hmm. and so that causes them to bicker with each other which i know you said is something you can relate to Uh um i don't i mean i am the older brother and i don't have a sister so i don't understand the like that complication (laughs) like because i have a younger brother keaton and he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago and we didn't argue at all because we're best friends i mean i love my siblings but we definitely grew up and we bickered and stuff. Um, but just, like, I just loved, like, the casting of them as siblings because, mm-hmm. like, she's on the phone calling the cops at this one point to tell on him for having a party when she's clearly intoxicated and yeah. underage. So she's not really calling the cops. But she's, like, just telling, like, talking like she's on the phone with the cops. And then he's right next to her, like, doing, like, a mocking her yeah like um, like that and i was just like oh my gosh that's something my brother would do shout Mm -hmm. out to josh (laughs) um but and then like another thing is they're just fighting and then she just goes your head is too small for your body and it looks ridiculous and you'll never be able to fix it and it just the the attitude that she had during that i was just like oh i've been there like (laughs) just just shot him down and he's just like all right you have no friends like (laughs) like he's she just tried to get him and he didn't allow it but anyways it's just like their bickering in this movie is just so funny and just so real yeah and i like i said it it builds up more and more and uh we see them you know going against each other and then their mom is clearly just like helpless like mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that the dad like held the family together yeah and she's losing it and she's totally losing it and so like anytime she ever tries to do or say anything like in a parenting aspect they're like okay like you're don't listen to her yeah you you don't really know what you're talking about here yeah. um and then we find out that she has a boyfriend uh who she's gonna go spend a weekend with and then like she's trying she's asking nadine like does this look okay like i'm kind of nervous like blah 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 and then nadine's just like being kind of a brat to yeah. her it was like you're she asked if her upper arms look fat she's like your upper arms are breathtaking yeah. like and she just has a sarcastic way about her where she never really like says anything and then krista her best friend is there like smiling and like being nice and stuff like, yeah it looks beautiful yeah but nadine's just not that way um, and then, like we said, since she left, they had the house of themselves for the weekend. Nadine and Krista just drink together because they, as far as we know, don't have any other friends. And then, like I mentioned, um, their old, her older brother has friends over, has a pool party, they get drunk, and then one thing leads to another, and Nadine is uh, sleeping next to the toilet, and <laughs> Krista ends up uh, spending the night with uh, Darian. Darian, yeah, Nadine's older brother, which she finds out about nadine does freaks out about it as you would she finds out by crawling into her bedroom his bedroom seeing them in bed together yeah and uh so um, i can't imagine what that would be like but obviously she's like doesn't have anything to say doesn't understand why it's happening and then that's kind of the beginning of 
the one of the main plot points in this movie is their relationship like splitting up mm-hmm. because her best friend is now dating her brother who she doesn't like and she just can't get herself to be at peace with that and make it okay because I, I don't know I'm a person like that <laughs> like if that happened to me like I'd be like no sorry like, yeah, you're, seriously. I don't want to talk to you anymore um and so that's another thing that we show where up until this point we know she has two people in her life that she likes to talk to and can confide in and it's her best friend and uh her teacher and now her best friend's gone and all she has is her teacher and so she just feels alone all the time and that really plays a big part in this movie because then her kind of uh defense mechanisms go up which turns into just her being sarcastic and not taking anything seriously and her being in high school trying to figure things out on her own she doesn't even have like a best friend or someone of the same sex as her to like talk about things so she's got this crush on you know this one no good mysterious dude. guy like she says juvie made him so hot I know. like one of those guys and uh she doesn't have anybody to like steer her away from him mm-hmm. or like to to talk about the experience and um she ends up having this guy named Irwin who is this just dorky guy awkward as can be yeah who like can't even get a sentence out to try and talk to her and she <laughs> being her sarcastic self just like deflects it and makes him feel even worse about himself cuz she's so closed off about it um, but that kind of, you know, grows as she realizes, like, oh, I'm by myself and here's a person who wants to give me attention. Like, maybe I'll look into this and they end up spending more time together. And there's actually two scenes where Erwin interacts with Nadine, uh, and they feature the songs Genghis Khan by Mike Snow and somebody else by the 1975 which are both songs about a jealous man wanting to be the only one in a woman's life, which reflects Erwin's feelings for Nadine, which good choices for the songs. I mean, I wouldn't say that he's like jealous so much as like, he just not, hasn't had this experience before with and the girl and, and he's he awkward. Yeah. But, um, it's a cool attitude. It's a good, yeah, it's definitely shows that music totally plays a part in the way that, uh, movies are made. Mm-hmm. And that was a cool thing for this. So, Cassie, is is there another part of the film that stuck out for you? Another, either a theme or like a a section of the film that you want to talk about? Yeah. Um. So we said that Nadine has a crush on this no good guy. What's his name? Nick. Uh, I, I believe so. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so she's always had a crush on him and all this stuff, and she ends up accidentally like when she's at the lowest of lows after Krista's dating Darian, all that stuff. She ended up sending him a very embarrassing message, um, very sexual, saying <laughs> all these different things mm-hmm. uh, that she wants to do with him and how much she loves him. And they've never even spoke before. And yeah. they weren't even like, she didn't even have his number saved in her phone, all this stuff. So um, he ends up texting her and was like, wow, you're so sweet. Well, first, oh, sorry. she sends the whole message on accident. And then she freaks out and then has nobody to talk to except her teacher. So she goes to school and has him read it to try and like, and he's reading and he's like, this isn't so bad at first. And then he gets to like the sexual stuff and he's like, oh, okay. But he still says it, which is so Yeah. And then she's like, say something. Like she's freaking out. And he says, you need to watch out for run-on sentences. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is... One of the funniest the per- parts Yeah, that's, that's my favorite line that yeah. he has in the whole movie. So funny. Um, and so she gets, like... She doesn't get, like, any reassurance from him, really. She's freaking out. Like, he's not a teenage boy or girl. Uh-huh. He doesn't 
like he kind of understands but he, he's not in the situation right. and so she freaks out but then like you said he yeah so then he then nick the guy she texts um actually ends up reaching out to her and he his text literally is you are so sweet or you are too sweet or something like that and i was like mm, that's not what i would say back to that text but okay um so then they end up hanging out later that night and nick picks her up and they go and nick parks his truck like over at some random parking lot and so uh, not a truck it's oh, a it's I'm a sorry. buick what is it i don't know Regal she or something because she makes Regal, fun I of think his car yeah yeah um but so immediately his, his intentions are to do some sexual things because that's what she wrote in mm-hmm. the message and so she he like jumps over to her passenger seat and you want to explain? <laughs> I hate that. I know. He like but, goes and like puts the motorized seat back and it's like making like the zzz But he's noise. on top of her and they're both like going down. And yeah, it's, it's just, very like, uncomfortable. Really weird. So and anyways, then, yeah. he like tries to, you know, start doing things and she's not having it. So she finally, after saying no and all this stuff, pushes him off of her. And um, then she has to bring herself up back in the seat and the the film is just on her and it just bzzz, back again and it's i mean i don't know seconds but it seems like a lifetime because it's so yeah. awkward and i just loved that part because it really showed that like once again it's real yeah that has to happen if you're gonna do something like that in a car so right. it's just cool that this film showed it and they made it such an awkward part yeah and Instead of, like, in other movies, you'll see, like, this, like, it'll cut away and the windows are all foggy. You right. see someone's hand smack the window. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. But this is, like, shows how it can go if someone, like, she's shy and she said that but didn't really mean to say it. Yeah. And then he takes, tries to take advantage of her and, and she pushes herself away and they end up arguing about it. And then she leaves and she's by herself again. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know where to go so once again she goes to her teacher's house because well, she, she goes to the donut shop first or the donut shop and yeah then her teacher but then her up. teacher shows up and that's the only person Which we don't really know um, how he showed up she doesn't they, have his number they called i think they called him or something i don't know oh plot hole yeah true maybe there's a some i don't know but he shows up and then he it's so sweet because then he puts money in the tip jar of the donut shop and she didn't even like get a donut or anything yeah and then that's they go cute. he takes her to his house and this whole time she's like had different parts where she'll like make fun of him or talk about how he's this lonely guy who's a teacher and his life sucks and then he he brings her to his house and she finds out that he's married and has a child and like he's very happy this is my favorite line of the movie do you want yeah. to say it no you can say it oh i don't know exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> it's where uh she goes like i said and she walks into his house and then as i mentioned uh she sees that he has a child and she walks and goes what the why is there a baby in your house and he goes oh shoot how the hell did that thing get in here (laughs) and like he makes a joke because like she's freaked out because she had no idea my favorite part of that though is like he doesn't laugh like yeah no how'd that get in here right and he just like walks away and she just shows her face and she's like whoa he is not who i thought he was right um really cool and so that is a thing where then she gets you know comfort from his family and starts to feel better and then she calls her brother to come pick him up right pick her up yeah uh, pick her up yeah because he and that's another part where oh, he yeah. um sh- the mom is they had gotten in a fight nadine and, and their and her mom and they weren't speaking to each other and then the mom comes home and 
uh, Nadine had made her whole room a mess trying to get ready to see this guy and left music blaring, which is another thing for you, your diegetic sound when Mm -hmm. she's playing the record player and it's super loud. Um, And so then her mom comes back and then calls Derry and the older brother and was like, you need to come home. Uh, I don't know where Nadine is. And he's out at like a... Event. Like a vet, like know. a nice event or yeah. dinner with his girlfriend, and they're doing something nice together, and they just leave and come home. And then she's he gets home, and she the mom is throwing all of Nadine's clothes and bags, and Darian's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "It's all going to Goodwill. It's all going. Everything on the floor is leaving." And then he's like, "Mom, you need to stop." She's like, "No, I can't do this anymore. I'm not taking it." She's like, "No, leave him, leave it alone. Like, stop. You're just stressed out." And she was like, "I am the adult here." And then he's like, "Well, then why do you always call me?" And that it was, was like a big turn in the movie. Yeah, that was a big thing because then she like takes a step back and was like, "Oh wow!" Like because she doesn't have a husband anymore. Like he's the only he's like the older male, and mm-hmm. so she like leans on him to be like a father figure and the other adult in the house. And that obviously affects his life, but we don't see that because all Nadine sees is him being perfect all the time, which then leads to. Um, him going to pick up uh, Nadine, Nadine at the teacher's house. At the teacher's house, and then they get in an argument where she talks about your life is perfect and blah well, blah blah. Well, she was like, "I'm not getting in that me. car because yeah. Krista was in the car." Yeah. So she was like, "I'm not getting in the car with you," and she storms back into the teacher's house. Right. And then she's like, "Your life is perfect. Everyone like you have nothing wrong." Right. And then he yeah. says, which is like I said, I my favorite thing that he says in the movie because it develops his character. And he says, you're right about everything. I'm only here for me, and my life is incredible. I love it. I love spending another night talking mom off the ledge. I love only applying to schools nearby because who knows what will happen in the house if I'm not around to fix it. And I love that the only person who makes me feel like I can take a breath I can't have without completely destroying you. So you're right. You're right. It's a blast. I win. Ooh, I got the chills. Yeah, and so <laughs> and so he has this moment where he like show is vulnerable and shows her like no, everything's not perfect for me, but I have to pretend like it is because then you guys would be ruined yeah. because he's the one that has to fix everything all the time. Then Nadine is just silent cuz she's like, "What what happened?" Yeah, and then Darian right. points to the teacher is like, "Can you take her home, please?" And mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, for sure." Yeah, so that was a big uh moment for this movie because then it kind of causes them to realize that they are kind of experiencing some of the same things. And when she ends up coming home and they end up kind Talking of bonding hallway, and, yeah. and getting, you know, being together and, and enjoying each other's presence for once. They end up um, like hugging and it was, it was really sweet. Yeah. And then at this point too, Erwin is a bigger part of her life. And mm-hmm. um, he is someone who does amateur films, uh, makes his own movies and he's in a film festival uh, and then I think it's the next day after that, right? Yep. Or a couple days mm-hmm. after, yeah. That uh, it's the next day because remember her mom texts her the next morning. Oh yeah, saying, where are you? Yeah, yep. and so she goes to his film festival and sees this movie that he made, which is like clearly about her um, not giving him the time of day. And then he does this awesome stuff, and then she wants to come crawling back, and he's like, "Nope, sorry, too late." Mm-hmm. And the message is like, "Hey, I'm a nice guy, and I've been being nice to you, but like, you can't just." use me whenever you're feeling lonely which right. is a big thing she's done with a lot of people uh-huh. and so then the end of the movie comes around and she says like i get it 
Like, I'm sorry. Got the hint. Yeah. The movie and then was about me. He has a finally a turn of events where instead of being like shy and awkward, he's like, oh, that's really weird. This isn't about you. And then like makes her feel super insecure. And she's like, like, oh my gosh, I'm oh, one of those course, people. Of course, one of those people. Yeah. Makes everything about themselves. And he's like, no, I'm totally messing with you. And he's like, ah, I set that up. And finally, he literally gotcha. points it out. He goes, finally, it's the, the roles are flipped. He's yeah. like, I was sitting here smelling my flowers. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you're over there scared or whatever. Yeah. And that so really that, and then they end up going. And one thing that I uh, liked was then he goes and takes her into his group of friends who are all mm-hmm. congratulating him. And you pointed out when we watched it, it was like, oh, she's finally included in something. Like she's a part of a group yeah. now and she gets to be around people who enjoy her presence. They did a good job with that in the film, too, because all the other times where she was around strangers, like she tried to fit in, but nobody would include her. So in this last scene, when. Erwin was going to, he said, I want you to meet people, some people. And he walked over to this group of people and she was standing outside the circle and she like kind of just turned around, like kind of awkward, just standing there. Mm-hmm. And he like grabs her hand and pulls her in and she, and he was like, this is Nadine. And then she's like, hi. And immediately like she lit up. You could see that she just felt so included. And right. it, was, it was, it was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was your I cheesy moment. You liked, yeah. I know that was probably the cheesiest, but it wasn't. It wasn't that It was cheesy. a turning point for the character. Yeah. Also, we kind of skipped this part, but um, right before she went to the film festival, um, Krista and Darian were having breakfast in the kitchen, and Darian was like, have a great day. And then she, like, walked away, and then she came back, and she's like, you know what? You guys have a great day, too. Both yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was cool because it showed that um, she was okay with Krista and Darian. And she wasn't comfortable with it yet because then Krista said, can I call you later? And she goes... Yeah. And mm. that was cool because it was like, okay, they're going to get over this. It sucks. It's weird. Her best friend's dating her brother, but, yeah, you know, whatever. And Chris, Krista was cute, too. She was like, that was good. That yeah. was really good. I missed her. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was cool because it meant a lot. Right. And so it kind of shows that that relationship is growing and um, being more mature. And uh, then her mom like you said the next went to go text her the next morning and she we see her type out a few different text messages of being angry and like trying to be rude and then she kind of realizes like hey that doesn't work maybe we should try and be a family instead Mm -hmm. of being against each other and then texts her and you know just says okay because yeah um nadine said i'm safe and she like read out wrote out like uh nadine you better and then deleted that and then something else that was like you better call me right now or something and then it was just okay period Yep. And that was a cool point. Yeah. And so we kind of see it end then and she's turned into a, a new character. And I, that's why I love this movie so much is because it goes like start to finish and we see her change as a person mm-hmm. um, rather than just like everything's rushed so much. Like we have to see them, oh, finish our whole senior year of high school in time right. and blah, it's blah, just blah. It's too much. It's just like, no, she just had a major moment and mm-hmm. watch her change from it and experience it. Yeah. So... What do you think, Cass? You got anything else? Um, I don't think so. I feel like that was like all jumbled all over the place. <laughs> but I think people get it. <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's my other guests' uh comments too. That's how they feel. But Yeah. Um speaking I mean if you've of- seen if you've seen the movie, you'll understand. Like go see the movie because it's a great movie for one. Yeah, it's also, on Netflix. Like, yeah. So easy to watch. So you have no excuse. Yeah. Um but it's easy to follow where our brains were going if you watch that, because, mm-hmm. like, it all intertwines. 
You don't have to explain yourself, Cass. This is a free-flowing format. You know we what? do whatever we want on I'm Film so Junkies. I'm so used to hearing Dak Shepard. He just got it all down. Monica <laughs> Padman. So, I'm feeling a little intimidated, but She's it's referring fun. to Armchair Expert, a podcast that we both love. Please listen to it. It is awesome. Yeah. But also listen to listen this. To film junkies. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, speaking of other things that I've talked about with uh, previous guests... Mm-hmm. I gave you a warning ahead of time. Oh, goodness gracious. Putting you in the hot seat here. Okay. Uh, the reoccurring segment called, I don't have a name for it yet. <laughs> um, Cassie, if someone, if you had to explain to someone why this movie is great and why they should watch it in a brief description, what would it be? Haley Steinfeld's in it. Uh, that's not good enough. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Did I make you nervous? No, because oh. I'm not going to accept that <laughs> okay. regardless. Okay, but really, that's part of it. Um, well, I would start off by saying that, like, it is a high school drama, which might turn a few people off, but at the same time, High School Musical is great, so whatever. That's not a good start. I'm sorry. Don't compare this to High okay. School Musical. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's so true. That's a bad <laughs> comparison. <laughs> um, I would probably just say that it's a high school drama, but it's also not a chick flick, so it's good for anyone, really. Um, and also that... Uh, it talks about real issues, and there's a lot of comedy in it, but there's also a lot of sarcasm, so it keeps everyone entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I That was good. Okay. Yeah, I'd watch it. Oh, okay. All right, do you have any other thoughts on this movie or no. on the podcast as just, a listener? Is there anything you want to call me out on? I just feel like you expected more out of me. <laughs> I don't expect anything out of anybody. <laughs> Um, That's what I told you. It's like it's like when people ask me, like, "Have you seen this movie?" and I say no, and they're like, "Are you serious? You've never seen that?" To you, maybe once every five years. (laughs) When when I find a movie that you haven't seen, well, you don't do that to me. I'm just saying people try to do that to me because they know I'm someone who watches a lot of movies. But it's like they'll get mad. It's like, look, I've seen so many movies. What I'm saying is, like, once every few years, I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you haven't seen this movie?" Yeah. Yeah. But all I'm saying is I don't expect anything out of anybody I know, I know. for movies because it's, that's a weird thing to do because yeah. there's thousands of movies that get made every year. There's no way that you're going to see all of them and be able to talk about them, you know, professionally. So Right. All right, Cassie. So how does it feel to be a, a guest on the podcast now as going from a listener? Um, It feels pretty good. I mean... This is actually in my bedroom, so it's about time that I was able to be on it. <laughs> Look behind the curtain. You don't have to stand outside the door now. That's right. I don't have to control the dogs from scratching on the door. Yeah. Right. Um, you also, weren't great at that job anyway. Okay. Back off. <laughs> I had my own things to attend to. Um, but I also want to say that I'm not... This isn't just my first time on the podcast. This is the first time a female has been on the podcast. So, future right. is female. and with that uh i think that's a good way to wrap up the show uh thank you guys for listening to another episode of film junkies with griff and friends tune in next week for a review on a movie that i haven't decided yet it'll be a mystery to all of us including me nice thanks for having me thanks for being on Cass. love you love you Bye. bye